Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 4th of July. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 451. And we travel to Constantinople, where a large crowd descended on a church chanting, Many years to Pulcheria, many years to the Empress. Expressing support for her influence on the Council of Ephesus. Pulcheria was the Eastern Roman Empress and trusted advisor to her younger brother, the Emperor Theodosius II. Remembered for her religious devotion, she had a significant, although changing, influence and political power during her brother's reign. And when her brother died, Pulcheria married Marcion and would continue her influence and power as he became the Emperor and she remained the Empress. Their parents had died leaving behind four young children, including Theodosius, who was then seven years of age when he automatically became the Emperor. Pulcheria acted as her brother's guardian, even though he was Emperor, and with her sisters she made a vow of virginity to keep off potential suitors. Under her considerable influence, the imperial palace changed and assumed a monastic tone which has been described in an an ecclesiastical history as they all pursue the same mode of life. They are sedulous in their attendance in the house of prayer and they evince great charity towards strangers and the poor. They pass their days and their nights together in singing the praises of the God. Rituals within the imperial palace included chanting, reciting passages of scripture and fasting twice a week. And the sisters relinquished luxurious jewellery and clothing, which was the norm of the imperial court. Pulcheria trained her younger emperor brother in good deportment, horsemanship and how to don clothes. And under her guidance, he would begin to understand the duties and the customs of imperial office. In a letter from Pope Leo I, a contemporary of Pulcheria, Leo complimented her great piety and despisal of the errors of heretics. Her influence extended beyond her brother and into church politics, and this influence has resounded down through the ages. The First Council of Ephesus, during Theodosius's reign, It involved two rival bishops, Nestorius of Constantinople and Cyril, the Patriarch of Alexandria. Their disputes grew from a a disagreement over the nature of Christ. Nestorius advocated diminishing the influence of the doctrine of the Theotokos. This was effectively theological warfare by proxy, ostensibly debating the title and the role of Mary Christ's mother, but really debating the nature of Jesus Christ himself. Nestorius advocated diminishing the influence of the doctrine of the Theotokos, literally translated as meaning the one who gives birth to the one who is God, and more commonly translated simply as the mother of God. This title of Mary was important as it reflected your Christology, i.e. what you understood about the nature of Jesus. And this was not a settled issue in the early church. 
Was Jesus divine or was he human or was he both? And if he was both, what was the nature of that unique unity? Nestorius had a low Christology, which emphasised the humanity of Christ over his divinity. And this also conflicted with the religious beliefs of the formidable Pulcheria, as she was a virgin empress. And a rivalry between them ensued, during which Nestorius launched a smear campaign against her, and he tried to remove her image and altar cloth against her wishes. However, the council, which was full of allies of Cyril, the patriarch of Alexandria, condemned Nestorius's position. And the emperor first wisely tried to find a middle ground, but eventually favoured Cyril. Nestorius was in no mood to compromise and doubled down. The title of Theotokos was decreed as orthodox and Nestorius deposed and banished. In exile, he would begin a rival church, the Nestorians. And for more about that, see the pod of July the 3rd. While hunting on horseback in 450, Theodosius II fell from his horse and injured his spine and died two days later from injury. Pulcheria reigned over the empire alone for about a month after the death of Theodosius. And as the deceased emperor lacked surviving male children, Pulcheria could bestow dynastic legitimacy on an outsider by marrying him. She married Marcion, a Roman tribune and close associate to the general Asper, who was also seen as a man of little substance, with no ancient aristocratic or imperial blood. And one condition of the marriage was that Marcion would obey and respect Pulcheria's vow of virginity, and he complied with it. A condition, of course, that would now make a marriage invalid. In order for the marriage not to seem scandalous to the Roman state, the church proclaimed that Christ himself sponsored the union, and it therefore should not provoke shock or unjustified suspicions. Just before she died, Pulcheria and Marcion summoned the Council of Chalcedon, which was attended by 425 bishops. It condemned the doctrines of Nestorius and developed the doctrines of Cyril and Pope Leo I, declaring the doctrine of Theotokos orthodox. A subsequent council had also developed and clarified the Creed of Nicaea by further proclaiming that Christ was at all times after the Incarnation fully God and fully human. Pulcheria and Marcion were both hailed as the new Constantine and the new Helena at the council in reference to the Roman emperor and his mother who had established Christianity. They were popularly acclaimed today with a large crowd marching to the church. And Pulcheria devoted the last years of her life to the Theotokos, and she had three churches in Constantinople dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Popular amongst the people, the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church subsequently recognised her as a saint. However, her zeal would at times 
leave a darker side to that legacy. For instance, under her influence, a law forbade the construction of synagogues and required the destruction of those in existence. And when a Persian king executed a Christian bishop who had destroyed a Zoroastrian altar, Theodosius sent his troops into battle and was described by Socrates as ready to do anything for the sake of Christianity. Theodosius thus made his sister's virginity a tool of war propaganda, and because of her vow to be faithful only to God, the hand of God would help Roman troops in the battle against Persia. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at Thomas Cook's first advertised journey, which would lead to a revolution in the travel industry and the Baptists presiding over a business empire. I hope you've enjoyed listening. For links to any of the readings that I've done to research these shows, visit us on www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to request a topic or ask any questions, then email the show on pogppod at gmail.com. And if you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are. Thanks for listening.